do things. All right, so this is the Psychotic Strength Podcast. Uh, I'm Tyler Toby Townsend. I'm Brandon. Martin. All right, man. Um, so we're getting into, we're going to hit some more of these mental disorders here today. Um, and then we'll kind of back off a little, get everybody off the, we don't want to just hit this every fucking week. But um, let's hit a gym update, I guess. I don't know why we're doing it, honestly. <laughs> uh, Martin, hit it. No, no. None? None, man. None at all. You're busting your ass at work, though. It's just work, dude. Yeah. That's uh, mainly work. Just stressing over it, but I need I need the gym. I need some sort of physical activity, dude, because just sitting on the chair and then coming home. Oh, that's to... right. You're an office boy now. Yeah, I'm the office guy now. So, so do you get to wear those hats anymore? Yeah. I still wear your them. dirty hat, uh, dirty hands, clean oh, money. Yeah. But you're in an but office. I got some guys doing the dirty stuff. <laughs> You're planning still, all the dirty oh, shit. Yeah, I like yeah. that, man. Nice. Uh, how about you? What are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> work, work, man. Uh, hunt season's got to kick back up here, man. Late season's got to start again so I can get back out. Got an excuse to get out in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lazy as shit, man. Uh, I, I mean, I'm kind of hitting it. I'm, I'm so hit or miss, dude. Like, I'm trying to go in the mornings, but... I, my business is picking right back up. Like I, I really put in some fucking work this past couple of months, and and I got shit just rolling, right? So it, I got I'm showing houses almost every day. Like Wednesday's my day, and I like I fuck with the goats. I clean the outside of the house. Like I'm doing all that shit. And I woke up at like twelve thirty today, just because I'm always up at like fucking mm-hmm. seven eight in the morning. I know that's not that early. Sorry, Martine, but as a person who doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's ridiculous. But I'm starting to, I love it, dude. We're doing meetings at Starbucks again, like, shaking people's hands. People are kind of starting to open up a little bit. Nice. Um, huh. I can just hear all these children screaming in my house. It's fantastic. Anyways. Um, so, yeah, let's get to what we're talking about. we got topic. Yeah, let's do that. So I think the three we're going to hit first and then kind of move on if we have enough time. Um, depression, bipolar disorder, and mood disorders. That's all on like one line. And then eating disorders and personality disorders. So all these are, are pretty big. This depression thing, I got to fucking... I've battled that for a long fucking time. I know everybody kind of has their own version of it um, on like what kind of sets them off, how they handle it. All that other shit. For me, my depression works into my eating disorder. So, like, they're buddies. Mm-hmm. What's well, like amazing when you're, when you're looking at this list of, like, mental disorders, how many of them actually tie into each other, play off of each other? Right. You know, they, they one sets another one off kind of a deal. It's it's can be a pretty big roller coaster. Yeah, and you know, so, like, you we talked last week. Um, you're, you're a bit higher on the anxiety version of that. Um, whereas, like, when I get depressed... That almost disappears for me. I don't get anxious about anything. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Everything can go down the drain. I don't give a shit. That's where I'm at with it. So, like, so honestly, my depression, I'll get anxious every once in a while. I feel like everyone does and everyone should at some point, right? But my depression just shuts down my anxiety because I don't give a fuck. But then it starts kicking up when I realize... Well, it's been eight months and you haven't even tried to make a sale. You know what I mean? Like, you've taken the ones that have come to you, but, like, I haven't made a phone call. I didn't make a phone call in eight months. Like, an actual purposeful phone call. You know what I mean? Like, right. trying to go out and get business. So, I don't know. Let's hear what you guys got on uh, on depression. How do you guys deal with it? 
Like, uh, does it hit you hard, or what kind of sets you off? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I think I think we all battle depression in different ways, at least some form of it, you know, and, and it's hard because there's such a stigma that goes along with depression, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really a nasty kind of taboo subject to talk about. A lot of people don't want to, don't want to go there. They don't want to either admit it, don't want to look at it, don't want to, don't want to face it. Uh, we all, we all have highs and lows for sure. Um, right. I, I really, you know, I, I like suck back into my shell when I get, when I get down, man. And I, I can get, I mean, shit, it's hard. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to talk about. Um, but I, I do, I think I, I kind of revert back. I, I kind of cut off from everybody around me, you know, and, um, I'm the kind of person that has to work shit out in my head on my own. Like I can't be forced you can't force me to, to figure it out. I I have to figure it out on my own. That's the only way it's going to happen, right? And so um, I think a lot of that is me disconnecting from the outside world because I don't I don't want that influence at that time. You know, it, it's really weird. Um, I'm, I'm almost the complete opposite of that because when I get super depressed, I don't give a fuck about anything, but I do cut myself off from everybody. I, I don't make any effort whatsoever to try and be near anyone. If I'm near them because, like, either they choose to be or because it happens, great. And I'll, you probably won't even know, right? Because I'm, I'm a pretty uppity, like, energetic dude. But, um, you know what fucking saved a lot of my shit was journaling. And again, like, how many dudes are allowed to journal? How gay, right, quote, quote, does that sound to most dudes? But, like, actually sitting there and having to write out how I feel and why, you know, like, like what's upsetting me and how it's making me feel and all this other shit really helped. You know, therapy is super helpful. Or just talking to someone who knows what the fuck they're talking about, it helps me out a lot. It's to the point where, like, if I start to get depressed, if I sit in my own head, that's bad for everybody. <laughs> that is bad for... I cannot do that because I, I will... I'm very creative and I'm very quick-minded, right? So, like, you could see me sitting here, but I went through 700 different scenarios of how, like, shitty this could go and where I would end up in it. Like, like we're not even to step one, and I'm 700 steps down there on how shit my life's going to be in 20 years because of this one decision I'm making, you know? Like, so if I sit there and just stew on it and let it go in my head, it gets 100 times worse. Way worse. I cannot work it out myself. I have to have somebody else there to kind of mediate between me and my brain. Because right. my brain don't like me very much. I, you know, I, I stress on on things that I shouldn't stress on. or I'll stress on things that I don't have control over. But I, I'm an optimist by nature. Right. And so, like, I see, I see the positive outcome at the end of the at the end of the road. And so when I when I'm sitting in my head. I'm I'm actually like mapping. I'm I'm putting a roadmap together to get there, right? Like I don't I don't sit there for very long. It doesn't take me a long time to come out of one, to come out of a, a a depression or when I'm down, you know. But it I uh, I have to map it out and I have to see it clearly without having somebody else tell me how to do it. Right. 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 And and that's the thing too is I'm not I'm not like I'm not trying to have someone tell me what to do or how to feel or anything like that. Sometimes I just need someone to be like 
so why did that make you feel like that? And I'm like, oh shit, why did that make me feel like that? You know, like, help guide me in the right direction, like, through just letting me talk in the direction that it should be going, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Because I don't, like, you're saying it's quick. Like I said, eight months, bro. I sat in a fucking, a shithole for yeah, eight that, months. That, that's deep, man. You know, that's a, a little bit beyond, I guess, my understanding. And, and I... I you hear those stories. I mean, you read about them all the time too. People yeah. will people will do that. Um, I'm the kind of person I can't have somebody tell me, "Oh, it's going, Brandon. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay." You know, I, I that's not that's not what I'm looking for, right? right. I'm mm-hmm. I'm looking for, you know, I'm looking for, you know, my my like I said, my roadmap to the end of the to the end of this thing. Like, how am I going to get out of this this mess that I put myself in? And whether and it could be something stupid, you know. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, some, some menial thing. Even even straight down to like my job, right? Like, oh my gosh, my boss is a dick and I don't want to I don't want to do this anymore. How am I gonna get through this and how am I going to you know, how am I gonna pay all these bills? Right? right. Or and then and then I sit there and I'm like and I'm really down and I'm like, gosh, I really don't want to be here. I wanna be doing something, I really wish I could be doing this. And then I and then I'm like Well fuck dude, why am I not? I mean right. why why can't I start my bow shop? You know, why, why can't, I mean, I have to just, I'm going to have to bust this out. I mean, I have to sack up and, and handle my shit right now, but fuck it, dude. Let's, let's get something moving here, you right. know, kind of a deal. And, uh, and that's really like for me what it takes. I don't, it's, it's not a very. So I'm know. a huge optimist, but it, it seems to come out more for other people. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's crazy because I feel this. Everything you're explaining is almost the same. The same deal that I go through in my head. Also, you know, I'm super optimistic. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that I'm super optimistic <laughs> yeah. on everything because it goes know, both ways. Oh sometimes. yeah, yeah. And you know, I even had my boss go back, man. When the whole DACA thing when they didn't come in on time, and right. he said, "Oh, you got to do this and this," and I'm like, "Yeah, okay." And he's like, "You're not worrying." I'm like, "I'm worrying, but it'll get there. I'll get it. Don't right. worry. Yeah. It'll be con- It'll come." So he's just like he's like what you have is is just what something what a lot of people struggle with or don't have because just being optimistic and just seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, man. Just that, just knowing you'll be getting getting out of that situation. I think it'll definitely make me get out of that situation a lot quicker because I know it's gonna get better, you know. And the same thing, I don't I don't like people when they tell me, oh, it's gonna be fine, it's gonna be okay. No, it's, I want a solution. I want a way to get right. get to that, uh, you know, solve the problem, solve the issue. Same thing without work, you know. I got a bunch of guys like, oh, this is gonna go bad. It's gonna go south. I can't get this done. I'm like, well, don't worry, we'll get it. It'll be fine. You know, if it's something that we can't control, then don't get upset about well, it. What, you you know? about? Yeah. what can we do? You know, if it's out of your control, it's just kind of work through it. And then if you can find a solution, great. If you can't, we'll keep going until we can't. You know. So. One one thing I think yeah that's really helped me is being solution minded. Uh, is is a big thing. Like to focus on the solution creating the solution to whatever whatever i'm standing in front of uh whether it's figuring out how to put dinner together or you know something way bigger like getting my customer the material that they need for their job tomorrow that i don't have that's sitting in california right uh um but not not dwelling on the stuff that's out of my hands right I can't control what the shipping company does. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not driving the semi truck or the or the UPS truck that's bringing the material that I'm waiting on. But uh, um, what what are our options right now in front of us to get, to keep yeah. moving? You know, and uh, and staying solution minded in in everything that we do. Okay, you know, we we'll figure it out. It's going to happen. Uh, the the funny thing is is the world doesn't stop turning. You know, and. Uh, 
that's a it's an interesting concept and, and I, I find that um, a lot of people that I know that struggle with with depression have a hard time accepting that you know and I don't know I don't know a lot about it and I wish that I was more in tune with that for some of those people because I think sometimes it drags them down even more when you know here's here comes Brandon oh he's got you know everything's good well everything's not good I'm I'm in despair and I need you know yeah. I need help now and Brandon's just telling you it's gonna be okay you know <laughs> I just I feel like sometimes like I feel like I'm 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 that dude a lot of the times so like you guys are talking about I'm very optimistic I'm I'm always trying to help people out I'm I really don't dwell on problems that much. But sometimes being that optimistic and worrying about other people's problems so much, when I hit that point where I'm like tired and I'm done and I just need a minute, I take that minute because I'm like, fuck, like, okay, just chill. You don't have to smile at this these people for today. Like, just fucking go home and just do you. The problem is that minute lasts a long time sometimes. Right. You know, so it just it just keeps continuing to like, oh, we just take more time because you don't need to deal with that at the moment or, or whatever, man. It's a weird like flip. It's almost the complete opposite of my normal self. Right. But I don't know. How do you how do you recognize or do you recognize it or are you are you in like your full blown? I guess we're, I'm going to call it depression because that's what what we're talking about. But are you in your full blown depression before you realize you're there, or do you do you feel it coming on, kind of like an anxiety attack or something, right? I can feel an anxiety attack coming on, and a lot of times I can mitigate it before I'm in a full blown crisis mode in the middle of the grocery store, right? Can you do that with depression? I mean, I feel like maybe sometimes, like it depends on I, what the situation I think you is. Could. I think you could because I've seen it throughout my throughout my dad. He suffered through depression a lot for years, and you know got him to kind of the the spot where they're in today with him and my mom's relationship. But uh, we've seen it, we've noticed it. And, you know, we can even see from from my point of view when it was kicking in, and my mom would say, "Hey, how can I? What can we do? How can I help this?" You know. So, I think even we could distinguish someone else starting to get into that mode of depression. I feel like it is It is definitely easier for like someone who's mm-hmm. starting to go through that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to notice until I'm like You're balls deep in it. it. You know? Whereas like other people would notice and it would really help if somebody was like, you good? Like you don't seem like you're okay. Mm-hmm. I, that would that would again put me in that mode where I'm thinking like, well why? Like what am I doing? Like am I, am I acting upset? Like what's going on? And then I can sit back and think about it instead of just, again, getting balls deep in it. Because when I'm balls deep in it, getting me out of there is not fun for anybody. Yeah, You know, it almost ruins everyone's day. I don't feel like I recognize it when I get there. I can tell you, I can point out uh, uh, several instances where, you know, where my wife has has brought it to my attention. Like, it, the summertime is hard for me uh, with, with my son because he goes to his mom's house, right? And... For anybody that doesn't know, you know, understand the situation, like, I've been tied to my son since the day he was born, right? And we're, we're very much, um, very much connected. And when he's gone for an extended amount of time, I go into a funk. And yeah. I don't recognize it, but the, I guess, you know, the people around me do. Crystal will point it out, uh, um, oftentimes she'll be like, this happens, you get like this every time Mason's gone. I don't even I don't even realize it, you know. And so trying to pay attention to that now is something that, you know, it's like it takes somebody saying, "Hey, 
Yeah. What's the deal? You know, let's let's work through this. Now, I also don't think you can force somebody out of a depression either. I don't think no, you can just I say, hey, man, it, you, stop being a dick, dude. You know? Stop being a dick, yeah. <laughs> That's, I think that can that can be, you know, worse and actually drive people farther into a depression maybe. I don't know. Uh, I know yeah. I don't respond well to, you know, knock your crap off. It's like, I don't even know what the hell's going on in my head right yeah. now. I don't even know why I'm this upset. Like, <laughs> Right. Yeah. You know, so. But, but it's uh, hard, too, because most people... If they're not like in your inner inner circle, wouldn't even notice. Exactly. You know, they don't even know because you're you're still acting like normal when you're out and about doing your shit. They just don't know that like you're walking slower, you're you're thinking harder, you know, you're picking up three types of ice cream instead of just like the fruit that you normally get because you shouldn't be eating ice cream because it fucks you up. You know what I mean? Like right. now I have three different types of ice cream and I like them all. <laughs> let's put them all in the same bowl hey whipped cream you know what I mean like just like start piling shit in there I took a picture I was probably like probably at about the deepest I'd been I took a picture of this ice cream that I made it disgusted me when I looked at it the next day I'm talking like I didn't even get a normal bowl I got a fucking mixing bowl I got a mixing bowl and basically almost scooped the whole ice cream the the what is it? Court transferred it from one to another. <laughs> no, no, I left a little to oh, make sure oh, that right, she knew I didn't right. eat it all. <laughs> right, but I got fucking maraschino cherries, whipped cream, caramel, you and hot all fudge, all chocolate syrup because they're different, right? Yeah, right. Oh yeah, one's warm and one's not, right? Like <laughs> you know, like strawberry syrup, like dude, it was sprinkles, marshmallows, like it was good. I'm not gonna lie to you, but dude. Who the fuck does that? Not only did I eat a quart of that shit, I probably ate like another quart of just garbage toppings on top of it. Like, yeah, that's how I handle my shit. Oh yeah, it does sound good, right? It sounds good in a small cup. I had a mixing bowl, you know. Like those are my mixing bowls over there. Just kidding. I have smaller ones inside. Oh man. But yeah, it's it's pretty rough, and and right now we're actually dealing with uh. This is actually a good timing, I guess. So, at my doctor's, I stopped taking my depression pills completely for the past week and a half. And the main reason is, I don't come when I take those pills. Right. I just don't. So, do I want to feel okay all day and then feel like shit at night? Because I'm not perform. Like, I'll fuck you all night. It doesn't really matter. Like, I'll fuck you until I'm soft, get hard, and go again. Like, I really don't give a shit. But at the same time, like... How's she feeling about that? Right? So then I got to hear about that. How, like, are you not attracted to me? Like, what's going on? Like, all that other bullshit. So I can either deal with that or I can not take them, have to deal with all my brain shit in my own brain, and then come. <laughs> right? Like, so I'm in this stupid, weird shit. So now we're taking, like, he's cutting my normal, because I take Zoloft or Citrulline or whatever the fuck, the generic version. He's cutting that in half and then adding in, like, Wellbutrin, which I guess is, like, like a softer version or something. And then it also helps with, like, ADHD. I'm nervous. It's still at the fucking, at the pharmacy. I don't even want to pick it up, you know? But, like, we'll see how that goes, man. Because right now, like, without those pills, and I hate saying that I'm, like, stuck on this pharmaceutical drug that, that like, I have to have it or I'm not myself because this is actually who I am. Like, without that shit, my mind just, like, it wanders. And with my ADHD, it wanders quick. 
And when it wanders quick, if I take a wrong turn somewhere, it just keeps going. You know, and it just, it fucking is so fast how, how quickly I can be sitting here. I could be doing my fucking work and then read a word that would bother me. And it would just take me down a whole fucking path of just shittiness. And by the end of the time, I'm like sitting here just hating everything. You know, like it's fucking weird. But that'd take me like 10 minutes to get to that point. Right. Over a word that's sitting on a fucking thing. Like recreational drugs has been bothering me. <laughs> since I'm, I'm looking at it <laughs> on the fucking screen. <laughs> Why is it recreational? Mm-hmm. When I think of recreational, I think of basketball, soccer, all that other shit. Like, what are you doing on drugs? People do a lot of shit on drugs, man. I know. <laughs> Look at Portland. I know. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, they're not out there playing soccer Some on LSD. Are. Some of them are. That might be interesting. Yeah. As long as everyone is. You know there's yeah. a Major League Baseball pitcher that pitched in the World Series high on, on acid? No fucking way. <laughs> Took acid, showed up to the ballpark an hour before the game, and threw a no-hitter. That's fantastic. Yeah. What a man. Tripping balls. Tripping balls. <laughs> like, literally, though. <laughs> anyway, it, it's just fucking weird. Um, let's get past the depression part, huh? Let's keep going. Bipolar. You guys have any experience with that? I'm, I'm not familiar. I, I worked with a guy who was bipolar, and, uh, and he smoked insanely large amounts of weed yeah. uh, all the time. All the time. He was a super nice guy when he was on his meds. Um, I remember him getting fired. Uh, he was off of his meds, got fired. And I thought the police were going to show up to pick up a dead body because I thought he was going to kill somebody. It was it was some crazy shit, man. Guy wow. flipped out. Uh, extremely high, extremely low. That's all I really remember about the guy. I don't know much about it myself. Nobody in my family suffers from it. Uh, I don't, I don't have it, but uh, that's my only real run-in with somebody with bipolar so, disorder. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. You've met my mother. I think you have too. Yeah. yeah. I think you've seen her oh, a yeah. little more, yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And you may have experienced that shit. Um, that's my biggest experience with it. Whether I have it or not, I can't tell. And they're not scanning our brains to figure this shit out, which I did actually talk to my doctor about, and he said it is very expensive. To get those, and if it's not causing something that may kill you, there's no real point in doing it. Because unless you're feeling that feeling right when they're scanning you, it won't show up. See, that makes sense. That's interesting. We talked about that last week, about the, the whole brain scan uh, scenario and why they don't why they don't scan yeah, the brain. So it's they like just, super they just expensive throw a for something drugs that, at you and say, "Hey, man, we, one of these has got to stick, right?" Right. Uh, that makes sense. I'm glad. Good. Thank you for yeah. asking, man. Getting a little clarification. That's cool. Touched my penis, made me cough. It was yeah. super awesome. <laughs> um, I didn't know it could get that small with this weird skinny dude touching my dick, but it did. Um, bipolar. Anyway, bipolar disorder. So my mom is very like she'll walk into the fucking room stoked on life. You could say one fucking thing to her that is somehow offensive in her brain, and you can feel the mood in the room change. Interesting. It's intense, dude. Like, like she just, like, turns into this, like, almost... She almost radiates anger. Do you think it's something that, that triggers it? Or something that she sees? Is it just mental? That I believe there's something one? that triggers constantly. Yeah. Okay. Right? And, and it always does go... From happy to sad. And it is very high and low, like you're saying. Like, she's either, like, super excited and, and like, all right, well, let's do this, let's do that, let's do that. Or just, like, fuck everybody. 
Like, that is it. There's no middle ground on that shit. And you can tell just by looking at her face where she's at. Because she either has this big fucking smile on, or she is pissed. And it is fucking crazy. I've been trying to get her to... And crazy is the wrong word to use while we're talking about mental disorders, right? <laughs> but um, I've been trying to get her to at least see about medication mm-hmm. forever. and But she's on that thing. I don't want to be hooked on pharmaceuticals. I appreciate that, but like, if this makes your quality of life better, fucking do it. Because I'm the only one that can deal with you. You know, like literally out of all of humanity, I'm the one person that can deal with you just because I know you. I lived with you for fucking ever. You know what I mean? Like, it sucks. And when it says mood disorders, all right, we're clicking on that because I don't even understand. What would be the difference between like, uh, you know, involving both bipolar and mood? You almost feel like they'd be the same kind of... Start here. Related issues. Suicide prevention information. Oh. Cyclo, cyclothemia. Mayo Foundation. Oh, why is mayonnaise involved in this? <laughs> okay, so this is, I guess, depression so, and bipolar disorder are forms of mood disorders. Mood disorders, right. Okay. So I'm sure there's more, but... So, I, when, on the other page that you were on there, and it was talking about some types of uh, causes of mental illness, it brought up traumatic brain injury down there. Uh, yeah. And I was going to share... Uh, so, um, and I'm sure my, my sister, I'm sure my sister would be okay with me talking about this. Uh, my sister, when she was young, like nine or ten years old, uh, she was in a really bad snowmobile accident. Okay, uh hit a tree on a snowmobile doing about 60 miles an hour and she had to be air flighted to the hospital she almost died they had to cut the helmet off of her head uh massive brain hemorrhage uh pushed her her eyebrow bone down into her eye she's blind in one eye um or not not completely blind she's she's real fuzzy blurry vision double vision out of the eye uh uh, has a couple of steel plates in her head. They had to reconstruct her, her skull. Um, and her friend, uh, they were, there was two of them on there. Um, her friend didn't get the brain injury. Uh, she suffered a lot of uh, injuries to like her face and had to have some reconstructive surgery done. Um, but my sister went through... Uh, she, she was in a coma for two weeks. A uh, little over two weeks. Um, they, they flew her to Spokane and then... When she came out of her coma, they had to fly her to Children's Hospital in Seattle because Spokane didn't have a facility to, like, they, they, they had they had the ICU unit to keep her alive, but they couldn't they couldn't fix her right. They had to send her to they had to send her to Children's Hospital in Spokane or in, in uh, um, Seattle, which is uh, state of the art right, top notch right, right. uh, Children's Hospital there, and uh, they were able to. Um, uh, get everything going, but but she went through this this phase where her moods were opposite, and it was because of the, the the brain injury, right? So when she was happy, I remember sitting in the hospital, and I remember walking in when she right after she first woke up, right? I'd, I'd How seen old her. Are you by the way? How much thir- older are you than? Uh, I'm three years older than her. Okay, and I uh, uh, I remember walking into the hospital um, and seeing her the first time. Uh, when she was asleep and we didn't, we had no idea if she was even going to live. Right. They didn't know if she was going to come out of her coma. They, they we, nobody had any idea what was going on. They right. didn't know. Uh, they knew she had brain activity. They didn't know how much, you know, they didn't know what kind of damage was there. 
very brain the brain is so complex right yeah. doctors can't see can't tell shit but i remember walking in when she when she woke up and she immediately got really sad and started crying and that made me cry because i thought she was sad to see me i didn't understand like she was I thought she was just like really bummed out that I'm at the hospital there to visit my sister, you know, and, and I was, and it, and it just tore me up. But in fact, it was the opposite. She was very happy that I was there and that she knew who I was. She remembered me and knew who I was and was super happy to see me. But her brain was firing in all these different uh, directions and it made her sad. And so for a long time, she was you had we had to figure out whether she was you know we had to figure out which mood she was in because none of the moods matched how she was actually feeling wow it was it was it was very bizarre uh um fast forward to today and she's you would never tell you could never tell that she had that injury if you didn't see her eye like if if she had a pair of sunglasses on was talking to you you'd never know she had anything wrong uh she graduated on time. You know, I was super, super intelligent. Uh, um, wonderful, wonderful uh, blessing for sure for her to come out of it. But she graduated on time, you know, um, lives a normal life, has two kids, you know, is married, has two kids, lives in Alaska, has, is very uh, fulfilling life. But I, um, I, just, I just saw that, that traumatic brain injury and just took me back to that time. It was like, wow, what a, what a roller coaster that was trying to understand and figure out. And even after she came home, and had to do all of her physical therapy and stuff at home because she was gone for, gosh, five months, you know? Jeez. From when she got into her accident until the time she came home was like five months. And uh, even after she came home, it was like, it was probably about two years that her emotions were all goofed up and you couldn't, you, you, it was a guessing game on what was really going on. That would be scary to almost like walk into the same room as her, you know? Because like you don't even know, like, like, if you walk into the same room and she's all excited, you'd be like, wait, 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 wait. Like, are you happy? Are you mad? Are you sad? Right. Like, what's going on here? Can you write down how you're feeling, you know? Well, she would, she would just start crying, right? And, I mean, just, like, like intense bawling, like like somebody passed away type type sobbing. Oh, and like deep breath. And, like, denial. and it was like, and it's like, what's going on? She's like, I'm so happy, you know? And, I mean, that was that was how it was. It was like, you know, you, you just, you stop and you kind of freak out. You're like, what just happened? What did I do? What, you know? Did, did dad run over the dog, you know, kind of yeah. a deal. You're going, oh, man. And uh, uh, and and she she had to verbalize how she was really feeling because nobody could, you know, you couldn't tell. It That's wasn't, nuts. it was different. So, yeah. Man. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple things on here. Your genes and your family, your life experiences, such as stress or history of abuse, especially if they happen in your childhood. So, on that one, a lot of people develop any of these disorders there's a whole lot of them ptsd is a big thing um from your childhood as well and i know that just that's why i'm always so scared with my own children right like you could do something that to you like i've yelled at my kids i don't know how many fucking times right i mean they're kids sometimes as dad you got to step in there and be like this is put the hammer down, right? right? Like, but sometimes that hammer hits way too fucking hard, and it sucks, man. But you never really know. Like, maybe this is that thing they're gonna remember that's gonna fuck them up later. You know what I mean? Like, right. And I mean, I think that now just because of fucking 
you just hear all these little stories of like why serial killers are serial killers. You know, like, what serial killer is a serial killer because mom farted in the room and left and didn't take blame. You know, or some shit. Like, you know, like something could have just triggered something that, that ruined someone's whole life. And now, most of the time, most of these history of abuse or something like that, it, it's real shit. You know, it's not the shit that, like, we're doing where we're like, God damn it! Like, like, like screaming at them to where they're nervous. It's really someone either, like, physically abusing them, verbally abusing them continuously all day, every day, or, like, you know, sexually abusing, right. you know, and oh, even... Yeah, I was, sorry, I was, I was, just today, I was watching, um, um, I'm a Killer. I don't know if you guys seen it on, on Netflix. Nah. But it, <laughs> but it, you know, talks, it, it talks about their story, how they were when they started off to, you know, what, what made them, you know, kill and end up on death row. The majority of, well, basically everyone come everyone that was became, became a killer it was because of that starting yeah. off when they were young man it's insane they had you know one guy had was like uh he had six brothers and sisters and the mom was telling the youngest the one that killed that he was retarded he was telling he was just telling them the kid didn't say that he was retarded so he, they can get some some type of welfare check oh. they would put poor kid they would put him in the box to sleep in and he said I would, that was way better than than the floor where i was sleeping in i couldn't play with my brothers my sisters that was eating tuna like tuna out of the cans while everyone else was getting you know welfare money and and in decently you know they were still poor and they made him crap in a bucket you know they, he, they didn't let him use the bathroom and he had to put it right there where he slept you know or abuse sexual abuse you know it's yeah. all i think a lot of that's kind of where where you end up is because of the way you i think you are raised for sure being put in those kind of life-changing dramatic um uh, situations growing up than just like you said like you're just yelling at kid no it right. takes more than than that you know well and, and to to be on that that mm -hmm. subject though we, we really don't know mm -hmm. right that's what makes me super nervous is because yes a lot of them have suffered some serious mm -hmm. absolutely unforgivable abuse mm -hmm. but then there are some that were slightly crazy already and just needed that kick mm -hmm. you know like who knows? You know, I, so I made a big deal a long time ago. My dad wasn't very nice. Not a nice guy. So I always told my my wife, my kids, I'll, I'll never hit my kids, ever. Then I had them. And they started, like, <laughs> growing and becoming just little shitheads for, for no reason other than just to be a shithead, right? So I made a promise to myself. If I hit my kids, it will be in the ass. No slaps in the face. None of that shit. It will be in the ass, and it will be one time. One time. Because my theory is, if you're hitting a kid more than one fucking time, and you're an adult, they get it. That first one. The fear is from that first one. Yeah. Anything after that is for you. Not for the child. You know what I mean? Like, if you're just beating the shit out of this kid seven, eight, fifteen, twenty fucking times... That kid's not learning more of a lesson, you know? He's just, like, developing more fear and anxiety of that happening again. Now, I feel like a punishment, whack! Again, I can also probably pick my kids up with that with whack, one. you know what I mean? Like, I'm a big guy, but I haven't hit my kids in years. You know, you look at, you look at the... the the trauma at home you're talking about these different these different scenarios at home and we all we all have different versions right it like like the the trauma is is different for everybody right what what you see is 
major trauma might be something different that I see as major trauma, right? I don't know uh, if that's making much sense, but it does. Yeah. We all, we all, we all have. It's 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 all perspective, and it's all based on on personal perspective. So, you know, you have you you do you have people who deal with with stress in, in completely different ways, and you might have somebody whose parents got a divorce. They they might have lived just just wonderful lives, and mom and dad got divorced, and maybe maybe they even got along, but they just lived in different houses, right? And that person can be completely screwed up. And then you have somebody who was, you know, who, who grew up on the other side of the tracks and the trailer park, got beat all the time by their drunk father and right. turns out, you know, and uses that as motivation and, and turns out and turns their life around. You, you, you have all these kind of one-off stories like that, too. You have to understand, like, the perspective of the person when they're dealing with, with trauma, too. And uh, I don't know a lot about that. Actually, um, the person that you really should talk to about that would be Crystal. She's that's like her her she's going to school for her masters, but she she specializes in like like trauma therapy. That would be fantastic. And uh, and she can really speak to that. And and realistically, like she speaks on trauma, like particularly with youth and deals with homeless youth and um, works in that field. So like she could really explain that a thousand times better than That'd I be could, ever could. Cool. But understanding what what draws those things out in kids and in people in general and you know the like whether it's abuse at home and maybe maybe the abuse doesn't give them the doesn't make them jump off the deep end but it but it pushes them in a direction where like they start using drugs right to kind of cope mm -hmm. with the the shitty situation at home and it might not even be that bad of a situation but you know again maybe you're dealing like with a divorce or something like that and then so they, they turn to drugs well then the drugs drive the mental disorder you know really pushes into a lot of stuff i think i think a lot of stuff really starts in our home you know you bring up yeah. a really interest, interesting point with that and how we treat each other especially how we raise our kids and you know i mean that's a that's a big deal i think really well these these children we are as parents we are shaping humans and um i always tell everybody i don't like to hold babies i don't like to hold baby i held my babies right i mean it's my shit like, i made that like if i break it uh I, you know i'll make another one i guess <laughs> that's a fucked up way to say it but like you know like if it's my kid i feel like you know it's different but i don't like holding other people's babies because like they're so malleable they're they're like you could break them you could push that top spot in their head too hard and you could fuck them up like that's just too scary for me they're too delicate i just wouldn't want to hurt it you know it's funny though i i because i feel well the, the 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 delicate appearance is there Babies are fucking resilient, man. Yeah, I mean, they're 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 strong as shit. You know, I mean. And, yeah, but do and I want to be the reason? Exactly. Somebody's baby's <laughs> fucked up. Like if it's my baby, I will take full responsibility 100%, 100%. for it. But like fucked up somebody else's baby, like that's ruining lives right I there. I, I understand, but I I'm just, you know I mean they're they're just tough, man. I'm amazed at what what kids can go through and oh yeah i've and, seen i've seen little kids eat shit right and just get up like whoa if I mean, you if you're just like good job way to get up and just look away they're like oh okay and they'll run or you can be that parent's like oh my god are you okay and they start screaming and crying well, that's, that's learned fear right right like like that's learned and that's a that again can lead to a lot of this shit that we're talking about right now is right. that you know uh i'm looking at munchausen syndrome by proxy you know and that's uh 
that's well. where like you uh, where, where you were talking about like the, the parents convinced the kid that he was retarded mm-hmm. and had to live in this box and eat tuna fish out of a can that's Munchausen syndrome right by proxy that you're 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 creating a, a fake illness for your child that doesn't exist for attention for a paycheck whatever Munchausen syndrome is a person who always makes up something that they're sick they're not really sick but they think they are right and damn so you know but that in itself is is like a mental disorder like what would make you want to do that you know yeah and i mean don't you have to be slightly fucked up to put that shit on a kid too right you know but so the hard part is too i was listening to uh daniel tosh he's a comedian he's very blunt he's pretty much a huge fucking dickhead and I love listening to him because he doesn't give two fucks about anybody's opinion. Nothing, right? So he's going to say what he has to say. And a lot of times it's funny, but it's that funny where you're like, I'm going to giggle this way. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so nobody sees me laughing at that joke. But he said something about, like, um, he, Michael Jackson used to get the shit kicked out of him when he was a kid by his dad. Like, beaten, like, fucking within an inch of his life sometimes. And uh, he's like, so, where's the line? Because I want to beat my kid enough to where he, he produces the Thriller album. But not enough to where he fucks children. You know, and I'm just like... Like, I know that's very dramatic and very, like, just trying to be funny. But, like, there's literally that line. Mm-hmm. No one knows where that line is for that kid. You know what I mean? Like... Oh, you took a picture of your phone call. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, I feel like on a less dramatic scale, like, what if saying one thing... Okay, so this killed me the other day. I was I was talking to Tanner, and he had, like, lost one of the rounds or something, right? And he got, like, the very bottom of the rack while we're playing the Call of Duty. And I'm up towards the top, because I always am, because I'm fucking amazing. Um, but <laughs> No, but he, he was at the bottom, and he usually isn't. He's pretty fucking good at it, too. And I'm like, oh, you're a failure. How dare you? Like, how, like blah, blah, like, I'm just fucking with him. And he's like... Can you not say that to me? And I was like, what? Which part? He's like, the failure part. He's like, you've said it a couple times and it really bothers me. And I was like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to actually, like, offend you. You know what? I won't say that ever again. And if I say anything else like that that bothers you that much, you got to tell me. Because a lot of these times, you know I'm messing with you. He's like, well, that's why I didn't really want to say anything. I'm like, but you got to tell me. Because otherwise, I'm a slight dickhead, you know? Like, I'm going to keep fucking with people. And that's kind of how I, I create friends and shit like that. Like, I'm always kind of messing with people all the time. And uh, and it killed me that he was that he said that. He's like, it really bothers me. How many kids don't have the balls to say that to their parents because they're scared? I was just going to say, you know, kudos to Tanner. You yeah. Know, and actually, kudos to you for actually creating an environment that allowed him to speak up like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he, like, actually feeling comfortable enough to say, hey, Dad... That bothers me. What I want to know is why why can't we be like that as a whole group of people, right? Instead of, I don't like what you said, so I hate you, or I'm going to attack you, or I'm going to shut you down, or I'm going to go after your job, or your family, or whatever. Like, why can't we just have a conversation? Well, because like, like you're saying as well, though... You can be like that all you want as one human being. But it does take both sides. Like, it took a lot of courage probably for Tanner to say something like that to me. Because I could have took that the wrong way. And be like, I don't fucking care. 
You know what I mean? Like, I could have just really just shut him down even harder. Yeah. And how fucked up would he feel? He would never tell me anything again. Right. Right? But at the same time, he did feel comfortable to say that because there's been quite a few things in the past where, like, things have happened. And I'm like, okay, well, look, we're not talking to your mom about this. Because she doesn't fucking need to know. Right? You understand it wasn't the right thing to do. I understand it wasn't the right thing to do. Don't do that again, man. Like, you got to use your brain. You got you got to constantly think things all the way through. You know? like And, and if something like that happens again, you got a question, ask. I'm not going to be mad at you for asking a question. I'm going to be mad that you went and did something stupid. You know? like And you didn't even think about it. And your answer to why you did it was, I don't know. You know? Like, at least give me a real answer. I was trying to be cool. There were chicks there. Like, or something, right? But if you don't even know why you did it, bro... I'm not saying I don't make those decisions all the time. <laughs> Just trying to teach my son some shit. But you got to create that environment, man. And so the same thing, like my wife, we had a big, big thing happen with my son. And I don't want to go into too much details because it's not my fucking business to put his shit out there, right? But the first thing she did was flip out. She is screaming. She is so upset that this happened. And just yelling at him, yelling at me, yelling at everybody in the situation involved, and like really going fucking nuts. And I'm like, you need to calm the fuck down. Because first of all, this isn't even about you. I understand that you're upset about this. This is about him. And he is never even going to be able to look you in the eye again if you keep fucking yelling at him about something that's not even his fault. You know what I mean? Like, just this is ridiculous. And so I took him, I had to take him aside and be like, look, dude, like, Let's talk. She's upset. This is how she handles her, her anger and or frustration or anything like that. That's how she handles it. So, like, let's talk. Let's, let's see how you feel. You know? And it was, uh, it, was, it was good, man. You know, I want both my kids to be able to... If someone, like, hurts them physically, emotionally, sexually, anything like that, I need them to be okay to tell me. We do. We need to be able to. We need to be okay to be able to talk about when shit happens. Right. Right. And and need to understand that it's that it's not the person who got hurt's fault. Right. right. That like is whatever. So hard. Whatever that thing is, and I think that you know a lot of it comes back to this this stuff too. Like when somebody gets hurt like that and doesn't do anything, it leads to a lot of these disorders and mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, kudos for you for for keeping a level head. I know uh, same same thing, very similar uh, um, situation with my son, uh, where something happened, and I my first reaction was to lose my shit yeah. and like, dude, I'm taking everything. You're you know, give me the Xbox, give me your cell phone, give me you know, and after sitting down and getting calm, you know, calming myself down and thinking about it for a minute, it was like, you know, that's not the right approach. The right approach is to apologize, write an apology letter to the person that you that you hurt, uh, man up and face that that action on your own. And and it wasn't you know because I mean I was like dude you're grounded for the for the end of days you right, right, <laughs> until, right. until you till you grow hair on your testicles man your 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 butt belongs to me. And then it was like no man make this right right. And then when you make this right then. You can get your privileges back, you know, right? And, but and, even as a dad, how hard is that to do? Right. Like, on the dad end of that. Like, admit, like, you have to go now admit to your son who thinks that you're the fucking shit. You're the man. 
you never make wrong decisions. Because that's the way I thought about my dad, right? Like, it's my dad. Like, he's the fucking one, right? Right. Where, like, you got to go admit, look, I shouldn't have acted like that. That was, that was a lot. I was very upset. Right. Especially right when I first heard that I've had time to think. And this is how I think this situation should be handled. That was, right. That's fucking amazing. It's hard to do. Well, you know what it is, is I think it, you, you reach, like, you hit this... I don't know, like a level of disappointment, right? Like you're you're disappointed. Not only are you disappointed in your child, but you're disappointed in yourself. Because yeah. like like for me, I took it I took it personally, almost like I was the one who went and committed the 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 act of treason against somebody else, right? And right. I'm like, I took that very personally because it's like that's not the young man that I raised, right? right? And that's not the that's not the that's not our family. That's not that's not our values in this home, and uh, and so you know you take it very personally, and then you you get you end up going down this rabbit hole like. You know, like you said, geez, am I am I too hard, man? Am I pushing him into this weird? You know, is he going to be the? Is he going to be that kid? Is he going to be that? You know, that person? Is he going to have long term issues because I lost my shit? Now I got to come back and like apologize and try and fix it and like how do you, you know, how do you how do you come back from something like that? Well, and it's hard too because it's just it's just absolute insanity and like you you really don't know brains like elon musk is always saying like like what fucking like five six years maybe 10 20 he's going to be able to put a fucking human brain in in a machine right cool great i'm sure i know it will happen eventually because that's too many people want it who are fucking smart enough to do it right but we don't even have like the bandwidth to put like a quarter of someone's brain in a fucking computer right now like, I mean, that's how little we know about the complexities of the human brain. We don't know how to connect all the neurons and whatever the fuck's in there. I'm not a scientist. I don't know what's in there. It's mushy shit. I've had cavesa tacos. You know, like, that's cow brain, but same shit, right? Like, we can't even... Most of the time, if there's something that happens in the brain, we have to just be like, well, I hope that heals. Right. You know? Like, because like, what else are you going to do? We can cut a chunk out, but just so you're aware, this chunk does also help you not shit your pants. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we know kind of what some of this shit does, but as as a as a species, I do also believe that we're still evolving. Right. So how much of that's going to change by the time we even figure out what the fuck this brain does? Well, what is it? We we use less than ten percent. Like we we have the ability or capacity to understand less than ten. I heard of that was brain. a very very old myth. Is it yeah. okay? I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, but the, I feel like I feel like it, I don't know that we're ready as a society to unlock the full potential of the brain and put it into a like a robot and just let this robot run around with like all these great percent of function, brain functionality. I mean, have you ever seen um, Lucy, the movie Lucy with with? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know what movie I'm talking yeah. about. Oh, she yeah. gains, she gains like full brain capacity, and then is like turns. Yeah, she's, she's. No, yeah, I no, it's, it's a, mm-hmm. uh, it's a crazy movie, man. Check it out sometime. Okay, <laughs> it's almost like Limitless. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Limitless. That was. Yeah. Oh, man. But it's unlocking. It's it's you know the theory of unlocking like the full potential of the brain and and things you can do like you can move shit with your mind and mm-hmm. and yeah. you can make people, you know, think what you want them to think and and. You know, you know, I I did also see online a book. It's called The Dark Side of Psychology. How to make people do what you want. And I'm like, I'm very impressed. Uh, <laughs> I'm very interested. But I should not read yeah. this book. 
You know, because in sales, yeah, there is things that I do almost continuously in life out of habit, like mirroring people, right? Like that. That's a really big thing in in sales. So like, if someone if I did door to door, right? If someone answers the door with their arms crossed, they're not listening to you. They don't give a fuck what you're saying right now. And I have 35 seconds to break that barrier. So what I do is I go, hi, how are you doing? And I I mirror them. And then they look at my arms and they go, oh, and they see that I may be upset. And then I go, and I smile. I, I release my arms and they do the same shit. Like you can see it happen. It's fucking crazy. Like, okay, well, that was 15 seconds, so this spiel's going to have to be quick, right? Like, but that's how I'd always think. And there's, there's just, like, these little tweaks and turns. Like, like, I don't say, if someone's selling a house, they sell houses, they buy homes. Because when you're saying it's a house, it's just a fucking house. Like, you can buy another house, it's not a big deal. But you're buying a home, you want so them it's, to feel it's, in it's there. easier for them to let the house go. Let a house go. They don't want to let it's their more home accepting, go. Right. It's more accepting to purchase a home. That makes sense. That's that's clever, man. It, it's that's literally clever. little words that you continuously use. That yeah. that it's not tricking the mind. It is a little bit, but it's really making them feel the way you need them to feel about certain things. You know, if they're selling a house, a lot of the times, how much has happened in that house? This little, I mean, look on the wall. There's fucking lines of their kid growing up on the wall, you know? Right. But, you know, we'll just paint over this and that. And we'll put a brand new fresh paint on this so someone else can enjoy it and they can have that experience in their new home. So let's sell your house. You know what I mean? And like, like so what you're just, what I just did was put it in the idea that you're, I, yes, I'm selling my house, but I'm creating a space that someone else can call home. And have the same experience that I did. Right. The same loving... Because what I usually do is I walk somebody around their house that they're selling. And the place that they stop the most, or the place that they want to talk to me about most, is probably the part that they're most connected to. Right? So I'll stand there with them and figure out why in the fuck we're standing in the hallway next to this picture here. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, why? Like, what is this? So I'll start asking. Oh, well, this is cool. What's this picture about? Oh, man, I love this. He's the one who built this house. This is my grandfather, right? Like, and boom, 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 boom. Like, and it just, like, the emotions come out. And, you know, so you have to figure a way to, like, yeah. Anyways, getting a little too deep. I'm trying to give away all my secrets. Well, and it's not, it's not secrets either, you know. It's really just they need to sell their home. But sometimes it's hard when they still have that intense connection. So pushing that connection to maybe not be as intense, so it's easier for them to do what they should be doing. Because this is a this is a three like a two bedroom house. They have four children. They need a bigger home. See, I'm doing that. I gotta continuously do the house home thing. But like they need a bigger home. Like so, what you're doing is is helping them, but by tricking them, I guess is that is that the way? I don't know. I think you're you're exaggerating the point. Not not right. tricking them, but you're like really I mean, you're selling it, dude. For for lack of a better word, you're selling it, right? Right. You know? Uh it's no different than like a uh somebody selling you something, you know, like you go and get a phone and they're like, You want a new phone protector, right? And they're shaking their head yes. <laughs> and you're out you're like you're like, Yeah. 
Yeah, I do. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, oh man, you're gonna love this. Yeah, I I am. You're right. I you know, and it's like something they don't you know. I just made seventy five bucks off of you. Right. Thanks. You know? but, but you did get a great new phone. You right. Know? <laughs> so I I have to sincerely believe in what I'm selling, and once I do, I'm phenomenal at my job because I I can I have passion, and so whatever I feel passionate about. I can give that to other people. I'm very good at that. But like security systems, I sold the fuck out of those security systems till I found out I was lying to everybody with my pitch. And then I just stopped selling them completely. I'm still knocking on doors. I don't have that passion though. You know, like I was telling people that, oh, I'm with the company that makes the equipment, right? For, for switch outs. I'm, I'm with the company that makes the equipment and we're going to give you a brand new panel um, it's not going to be of any charge to you. We're just fixing updates, all this other stuff. The only difference to you is who you pay your bill to. So anyways, where's your panel? Right? So really what I'm doing is, yes, I'm giving them a panel, which is cheap for me. And then they're, they are switching companies who they're paid for. That's the people who pay me. Right? So I found out I was lying because I thought that's what I was doing. Like, that's what I was told to say. So I believed it. And I sold the fuck out like three, four, five sales a day. It's like seven, eight hundred bucks every sale. You know, like that was good shit. And then I found out I was doing that. I'd maybe sell like one or two, but they're brand new installs. Because I believe that people do need a security system in their home. It keeps their home safer. It really does. You know, like I don't know. Right. Where are we at? How are we on sales again? I don't know. <laughs> Eating, disorders. Eating disorders. I'm fat. I think we all got that. <laughs> we all got some type of eating disorder. I do believe everyone has one or the other. Mm-hmm. Either they don't eat enough or they eat too much. Now, figuring out a good balance, mm-hmm. for me, is almost impossible. So I know, I learned a lot about myself being me. So I know that when I'm upset, I eat. So I decided to do strongman. Because I'm, I'm supposed to eat 10,000 calories a day. So when I'm constantly shoving food in my face, it feels almost like a job. And it starts making it not something I do for pleasure. Which has really helped me break that, that continuous just necessity for that. Now, I have gynecomastia, right? Which is the titty thing. Everyone sees him. I know they do. Because they always look at him and like, is he strong or fat or both? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> um, anyways, so I have the real version through genetics. Um, so I have I ended up with a lot more estrogen in my body than most people. So that made me crave sweets like nobody's business. Which, if you look at females, a lot of the times, especially that time of the month, when their estrogen levels are very high, they crave sweets. So I would crave sugar. And just put sugar in me constantly. I wouldn't even eat food. It wasn't food food that made me fat. It was sugar. Just fucking crazy. You know how much sugar you gotta eat? Oh, yeah. It's a lot. That's what I'm talking about. The ice cream and shit. Right. That's my shit. I'd eat a whole fucking gallon of that shit. Easy. Like two days. I wish I was kidding. Um, (laughs) Or I would do milky cookies. Buy those fucking racks of Oreos. Dude, I'd eat a whole fucking rack. No problem. I I could... I can kill sleep with Oreos myself. <laughs> and I think everyone I like, can. I like Oreos. I think the problem is when you're not noticing or if you feel like shit, because I can normally kill a sleep of fucking Oreos. Get me upset, <laughs> I can eat a couple packs. 
and I'm talking the full mm-hmm. four sleeve fucking packs. Like, uh, just won't stop. I won't even eat dinner because I'm eating Oreos. Yeah, half a gallon of milk too to down all that shit. Now, with eating disorders, would that include like anorexia and yes, it would. And, so uh, that's what I'm like saying. Body dysmorphia or some, you know, uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> uh, body dysmorphia, I I have that as well, and I think everyone who lifts and, and tries to get big does have that but i do think that's something completely different i don't know i don't know where that falls in all this but i know that like no matter how big i look to everyone else i still look in the mirror and i'm i just see a fat dude wasn't that say like isn't there like like the the reverse to that is like somebody who thinks that they're always fat and so they like starve themselves to be skinny like it become anorexic like anorexia or uh bulimia bulimia there you go go. that's what i was looking for bulimia Yeah. yeah okay so it, it maybe it is maybe those are forms of um, bodies dysphoria because I know that in the lifting world um, it's it's a huge topic right but that's mostly because we never feel like we're big enough. Gotcha. I always tell everybody I want to I want to not be able to fit through a doorway either way. I don't care if I'm sideways. I don't want to fit through that motherfucker. You know what I mean? <laughs> like gotcha. But at the same time, I guess it would be the same thing with maybe. Like, I believe Antoinette has this, this, this thing you're talking about. She barely fucking eats, but we're all pretty chunky. You know what I mean? Like maybe she's so afraid to get fat that she refuses to eat. That's my theory. Now, is there, you don't have to name any names or anything like that, but now is there anybody either in the house or or in her life that is unhappy with how they look and, and feels like. I'd say you know, all talks, of us. talks down about how you know being being chunky, like I walk around. I, I embrace my dad bod, right? Like <laughs> right, I, I've right. got the dad bod, and I I I joke around with it. Personally, inside, I I wish I was twenty five pounds lighter, right? Mm-hmm. I and and um, but I don't. I mean, I'm not like I don't go around and just be like, oh, I'm so fat, and I just I'm, I'm just ugly, you know. I don't make it. I don't make it a thing. So I don't know. You know. So I. I, I hope my kids. I don't want to project something onto my kids. Like yeah. like that. It's not. That it's not okay. Like. That's normal human shit. Right. You're, right. you're a healthy ass human. Is what you are. <laughs> you know what I mean. You... <laughs> but so you know. I don't know if like you know like. You coming back to the kids and kind of worrying about what what behaviors um, trigger different different things with them is uh you know if somebody's in the house like talking about. You know, well, so I had a big issue with it a long time ago, um, probably about like fuck, almost eight eight years ago now. Sure, I guess like where her fear comes from, where does that develop? So I, like I said, I had a big deal with that, but she's ten, so it wasn't really me that put that much on her. Because what I always say is, I may be a little chubby, but I'm I'm strong as fuck. Right. So it really doesn't bother me because I can pick everyone up, right? Like and just shake you like a rag doll. But her her mother had a huge problem with it. Enough to where, like, I want my son to be healthy, right? I don't give a fuck if he's kind of chunky. I, it doesn't bother me. But I want him to be able to run if he has to. You know what I mean? Like, to be able to take care of himself and all that other shit. And I see little things he does like he slouches over. I used to do that because I had tits. So if I, I felt like if I slouched over, you couldn't see him. Right? Or, like, you couldn't see my belly because people are making fun of me. So I know he's doing that shit because I did that. Right. And he's almost like six foot now. He's almost six feet. Yeah, it's disgusting. That's that's crazy, man. I'm now five eight now. <laughs> I'm no longer five nine. I'm five eight again. 
This is bullshit. Like, yeah. uh, and not even 5'8". I'm 5'7.8". <laughs> and she said, oh, I just gave you 5'8". I'm like, thanks. <laughs> That's a pity. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Don't give me an extra pity <laughs> point pity, two. Pity quarter inch. <laughs> Anyways, but his mom is very... Very like that. So she did end up getting. We talked about this a hundred times. Uh, the the gastric sleeve. Okay. okay. Right. So that's yeah. why she lost all this fucking weight. Right. Um, right. but she would constantly just, and I would tell her all the time. Honestly, I like thicker women. I'm into it. You know what I mean? I feel like if if my, if a, I was with a woman who was too skinny, like I feel like I'd break her. Like I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to. Like I just. I just don't like it, you know. Like that's, and everybody has their their things, right? I like thicker women. I like those nice thick thighs and all that shit. So I told her, it's like, I'm not upset at how you look because it doesn't fucking bother me. You got some great titties. I'll suck on those all day, right? What's bothering me is how you look at you in the mirror. That's pissing me off because you're fucking gorgeous, and you're looking at you like you fucking hate you. That's bothering me. Well, those unse- those uh, insecurities get projected. You know, they can get projected, like especially to the kids who are who are very vulnerable. You know, I know that my uh, happen to deal with that with you know, especially with my son is you know he has to deal with the my insecurities. You know, and it's like, Absolutely. hey man, you're you're good, dude. Don't don't stress it. But he stresses it because he's you know he sees me stress it, right. and and it's just a natural it's just a natural thing. So. You know, uh, well, she's put a lot of that on my daughter. Yeah, you know, like well, women aren't just, supposed to be; they're supposed to be thin and and delgadita, which is what she says. You know, like like she has put a lot of that on her. That's why she has to do this. She has to do that. It's just so, it's and not just not just I guess in the home, but you look at you look at the insecurities that are projected. Like oh, that's just sells, media. right? Yeah. Like that's just sells. So you see it on TV and magazines and all this stuff uh, that you have to be this certain way. And, and, you know, you have to have these certain clothes, you have to drive this certain car. I wonder how much that drives a lot of this shit too, especially like either depression or anxiety. Cause you, you look at, you look at these, these disorders and they're all just, oh, I don't know if we lost it. No, it's still there. Looks good. It's still going, but yeah. Interesting. Well, so anyways, the influence, right? Like, so how many of these fucking influencers are that guy on the I, I use guys a lot because they're I feel like I relate to them I guess I can explain them a little better because I'm not going to say they're more fake than women because women I feel like do a little bit more fake things whereas guys it's more accepted to be not so hot right where a woman feels like they have to have the skinny waist and the huge hips and ass and big old tits and thick lips whereas dudes are like I'm not fat let me teach you how to not be fat. You know, like, I don't know how many of those I see. But, like, how many of those dudes are... There is no guy. If you can see all the muscles in his chest, he's on steroids. You can suck my fucking balls. Whoever the fuck wants to try and prove me wrong, go for it. I don't give a shit. I will search your entire ass cheeks for those little pinholes. I will fuck your shit up. That is bullshit. All you ripped ass aesthetic guys, mm-hmm. you're on steroids. Stop fucking with the whole world's image. Because these guys are on there. Oh, I just eat so healthy and I do pull ups a lot and push ups. No, you don't, you piece of shit. You, you do all the shit at the gym, which 
steroids isn't going to make you that beautiful, right? But you you're not going to be that beautiful without them. Right. It just doesn't happen. Nothing's going to suck the water out of your fucking muscles to make you see every strand and fiber of your chest. Right. That doesn't happen. That's not something... You have to take something to do that shit. Right. So, like, on the male version, these influencers are this and this and this and that on TV or on social media. I wonder how big of a piece of shit most of these people feel like later. Yeah. Because I don't care if you're okay with lying. If you're that person, it's still got to eat you up. Knowing that you, you're you just a liar. You're fake. Your whole brand is built, built on, on a foundation of a lie. Yeah. Right. Like, right. I don't know. I mean, there probably are people who are okay with it. But then, like, the, I don't know too many is, who man, would the, be. The world finds, you, finds out you're fake. They, I mean, people find out pretty quick and, and shut you down, and you're 15 minutes famous over. You know? Right. Bad, Brad Castleberry right. was fucking killing it. Yeah. <laughs> they found out fake weights. He's, like, fucking curling, like, 315 pounds. Or squatting 1,000 pounds. Or, yeah, squatting 1,000. And then someone goes into the gym he always works out in. He, he has a bag full of his own fucking empty plates. They're empty. Like, they have no weight in them whatsoever. He's just fucking putting them on the rack. like. Or those people who put, like, uh, what is it? Instead of using 45s, they put 25s. The big rubber 25s. So it looks like a lot. Right. But really, you put 145 and you'd be able to see the difference. But since they're only using 25s, it goes all the way out to the edge and they look like animals. Right. You know what I mean? But that's right. still like 300 pounds, bud. My dick can lift that. <laughs> right? Like, come on. <laughs> but we go on to the female one. Um, I was super into Vivian something. She's Brazilian. Hot as fuck. She's that girl. I'm sure everyone's seen her on Instagram and social she's media. She's the one that... She's uh, crying while she's, like, leg pressing. Oh, yeah. And her coach is like, you're gonna fuck her. Coach, like, I've heard a lot about her coach. Yeah, her, her coach has trained some fucking mm-hmm. champions, right? Which is good for her. But then I come to find out, like, she finally starts letting loose and letting everybody know. She's like, oh, got my ass done today. You know, like, she's obviously... She is taking steroids, but she's also getting injections, injections every week. Her ass, her tits, her lips, her face. Every week, dude. Like, what? Like, that's crazy. I appreciate the fact that she finally came out and telling everybody. I I had a lot of respect for that. Because how many people have been trying to be you forever? And then now you're like, well, this is what I really do. This and they're like, well, really fuck. get there, right, right. But you have people that, you, I mean, you have literally have people that just destroy themselves trying to get there. You have people that yeah. they, I mean, are trying everything, and they're they're dealing with a lot of this shit that we've been talking about, trying to get there, and because they don't feel like they're they're good enough, you know, they're trying to get. I don't know. The the, the age of the internet is. I I don't. You. It. I think it directly correlates with the spike in mental illness going up and all over the world. You know, well, like I said, I, I keep saying about the internet. The internet's fantastic. It is the age of information, right? But it's also the age of false information. Yep. You know, like 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 all these social media influencers. Mm-hmm. Don't fucking lie to me that you can eat a pickle a day and that's what that's what does this. You know, like you fucking piece of shit. You live in the gym and take steroids all day. Like, anyways, it's just. 
it sucks that like eating disorders, depression, anxiety, like all these can be linked to just, just shitty shit. I don't know how to explain it, you know? I mean, there's so many different things that could create any of this. What are some ways to battle it? Like, uh, like you go work out in the gym, right? Is that, that's a, that's a good way to, to battle it. What are some other ways to pull you out of your funk besides eating copious amounts of ice cream? (laughs) Um, okay, so when I was younger, fighting, I would fight anybody over anything for no reason. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. If you offend me whatsoever, I'm not even going to tell you you offended me. I'm going to hit you. That's what I would do. That's how I dealt with how upset I was on the inside. You know, like call me jelly roll. One kid called me jelly roll. Um, he wasn't able to say that anymore because he didn't have front teeth. Jelly roll. He needed that, apparently. You know? Like, I mean, just like little shit. And now I look back and like, my knuckles are fucked. My knees are fucked from fighting all these people. You know? And then I look back on like, why was I so upset? And we can get into it a little bit, I guess. My biggest thing, I fought so much because I hate my dad. And one of the biggest things I remember about him was he he would he would kind of kick my shit, right? Like, he if I got in trouble, that was his thing. That was his way of letting out his aggression. So, I was always in trouble. <laughs> you know, it was the only time he ever fucking paid attention to me, right? right? So, um, what, I ended up, he, what he ended up saying was, okay, look, you ever feel like you can bite me or beat my ass? Let me know. And so, literally, I've been training since the time he said that till whenever he'll actually accept. Because I've offered once. He didn't like that very much. (laughs) Told me to grow up. But I am now, so we can fight legally. Like, what the fuck's going on here, you piece of shit? Fake-ass Marine? (laughs) Um, Anyways. So that's where all that shit came from. But, like... Why are we on this subject? How did we get there? Well, we're talking about you know depression, pulling ourselves out of depression. Like, right. how do you, how do you get how do you get out of your funk? Uh, I mean, obviously, we've talked about some ways that we things that we do while we're in it, you know, and kind of coping with the depression, but um, uh, or or anything else really. But uh, like, how do we how do you get yourself how do you get yourself out? What what? So honestly, depression wise, I've been fighting that for fucking ever. I couldn't tell you. I know that these pills help keep me even to where when I snap, I don't hit that snap part fast enough for me to not realize I'm heading that direction. That came out in a weird weird way to say that, but I think you get it, right? Like, So most of the time I would work my way up to snapping and snap, and I'm fucking pissed, I'm mad at everybody, and then I get super upset, and then... I'd be upset at me for being mad at everybody and then, like, saying what I said and then, boom, I'm just headed downhill. But that shit kind of helps me realize, hey, look, you're about to fucking crack shit. You need to run. Like, get the fuck out of here. Take a minute. Cool down. But as far as everything else, I mean, I'm an addict. I'm a huge fucking addict. Uh, Weed, coke, alcohol, those are my three biggest things. And if you want to say you're not knowing you can't get addicted to weed. That's fucking dumb because it's, it's not really even being high. Like even right now, 
I, I, I would hate to be high. It's just not part of my personality. I'm too go. It would slow me down too much. Whereas a lot of people enjoy it. But I would smoke that shit that doesn't get you high. It tasted wonderful. I loved it. I love the smell of it. I love the taste of it. I love all that shit. Right? But, uh... So I'm an addict. So what I ended up having to do, same thing with my ADHD, is I have to point it in a direction that's at least slightly positive. So I showed my addiction at the gym. So now I'm at the gym every day, all day, every day. I'm just fucking lifting shit. And then I'm like, but I'm not getting strong enough faster. And I'm like, well, I'll try steroids. And now I'm addicted to that too because being strong is intoxicating. <laughs> you know, like it's insanely intoxicating. And I've heard that too. I've heard that from a lot of a lot of people is uh, to, to quit an addiction or to, to leave an addiction that you want to you want to quit, uh, you've got to find a new addiction. Yeah, because and, you're never going to stop being an addict. That's... Yeah, having that addictive personality is, is uh, um, it's a real thing. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Fucking absolutely. nuts. Uh, what about you, Martin? Do you have anything? Yeah, I was thinking, I think when when I get to that kind of, uh, of stage, um, there are moments when I can actually step back and, and look who I'm affecting. And it's always going to be my family. That's basically the only ones I, <laughs> I'm around with all the time. So I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be, okay, my kids are over there. They haven't said anything to me because they probably see the way I'm at, you know, the way I am right now. Or my wife hasn't paid attention to me. So I'm thinking, okay, what am I doing wrong right now? Or what can I do to actually change that? So I'll distract myself by, so I'll first recognize, you know, who I'm affecting. And then I'll, I'll just, I got to, I try to get a bunch, to a bunch of hobbies. So I try to do things, different things here and there. You know, I draw, I'll do some woodwork stuff, uh, you know, the gym, uh, play the ukulele take you know the camera so there's a bunch of hobbies that i like to do so i think distracting myself when i when i know that i'm in a position like that it's what takes me out of that depression. how do you how do you know i like i said i have those moments when i kind of step back and i'm like and i feel like i'm there and i'm just kind of chilling there just don't say anything and my wife's like oh like everything good i'm like yeah i'm fine and after a couple minutes i'm like i kind of look up and i'm like okay i'm playing the things over my head you know kind of where i'm at and I don't know, I'm able to kind of step back and actually look, you know, what's being affected or what, what am I not doing that's normal that my kids or my wife is used to seeing. But would you have noticed if she didn't say something? There, no, no. Well, yeah, because there's some, again, there's moments that I do pull myself back and I'll recognize that I am. So you're, so okay, I just wanted to make sure, like, yeah. there are moments that you do and then there's yeah, not moments just from you her, don't. Yeah, yeah, there's just from, yeah, not yeah. just, it's not just my wife telling me, you know, what's wrong. It's just sometimes I'll be able to see myself and do that. I'm like, okay, I got like 15 missed calls, a couple texts from the guys at work, and like, okay, I got to get back into this. I got to get a response, so then I'll I'll be able to pull myself back out. Can well, you consistently do that? I think I, I think I can, yeah. I'm, I want to say one maybe once a week I'll feel like that, and I'll be able to pull myself back out of it and, and just keep going. I'll be, I'll get, you know, when you get the adrenaline kick again, you know, when you're starting to get a feel of adrenaline, um, that's how I feel, and I'm like, okay, I gotta get this and this and this, and okay, oh, hey, hey, kids, I'll go play with them, and my wife pay attention to her, help her on the house, you know, I'll get those moments when I do. Nice. Uh, so nice. that's what I do. It I just kind of cope with it, just kind of being distracted. Nice. I, I like the hobbies. I yeah. I I have to surround myself with my hobbies too. Mm -hmm. uh, whether you know it's hopping on my motorcycle, I love. For me, there's nothing better than getting on my bike and just ripping for you know yeah. 30 minutes an hour and I uh, um, I don't know if uh, if if Crystal listen to this or not she'll probably freak out a little bit but you know it's like 
kind of pushing myself a little bit too. You know, I mean, I get on my bike and and I find you know I get to a spot where I can open that bitch up and just fuck, dude, I'm free, right? For that that eight seconds, you know, whatever, however long it is, uh, whatever whatever that moment is, just nothing, man. And it's like it's like it all washes away right in that in that moment and i can i can uh kind of come back down and and recenter and and you know know it's important and it's not like i'm not talking like put myself in a in a situation where it, I'm, it's dangerous i mean obviously it's dangerous man doing it you know doing 100 miles an hour on a motorcycle is dangerous but uh it's more the i don't know that just that excitement that and and uh um or losing myself like in in my bow or just something to distract me enough to kind of reset the thought process, you know, when you get into that. I think for me, I have a, I probably have a little bit harder time recognizing that funk. I can tell, you know, uh, my attitude changes towards, you know, especially my family, you know, uh, I'm more grumpy, you know, smaller things start setting me off a little bit. And I realize like, or, or I get really quiet, you know, even today, um, sitting down at the table and just a lot of stuff going on. We just, I just hit year end at my work. And so dealing with my, my, uh, the end of my fiscal year, all my sales numbers kind of came together. I had a really kick-ass year. I mean, and I knew I was going to, I, I wasn't stressed about not hitting my number, but I'm really stressed about my number moving forward because I did so well that my number moving forward is going to be a really, really difficult uh, position to to hit and so I'm a little bit stressed out about that and then I've got some opportunities you know in front of me that are that really affect our family and what that's going to look like and and whether or not we move whether we whether we do do some stuff you know with my career and, and so you know just a lot of just general stress and uh looking towards the future and stuff like that not under not knowing the kind of that fear of the unknown and I was sitting there but I was I was quieter than usual and and crystal stopped me and she asked me you know hey are are you all right you know are you stressed and i sat there and i'm like it it took me it was like yeah 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 i'm okay but in my mind i was thinking you know not really i'm kind of fucking freaking out inside you know i'm I'm a little bit freaked out right now but those are those moments where you know where if i get on my bike and i spend an hour on my motorcycle or I, i i'm able to go and take off into the woods and do you know uh um just go spend some time and work through that it's i don't need to project that onto my family right it's stuff that i've got to i've got to work out in my head like what do i really want because i've got options you know and it's not i i've got the support behind me whenever i decide you know nobody's nobody's pressuring me to do anything it's me putting that pressure on myself and trying to come to terms with that and decide what I want to do and be okay with that. That's the biggest thing is like making that decision and being okay with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so spending that time where I like to spend, spend that time in my head and, and figure that out and work that out is a lot of it is me being okay. making sure that I'm okay with the decision moving forward, like committing to it and being, being good with that. You know? Damn. Yeah. Cause as soon as you started saying that, like, pushing yourself into a hobby or something like that. I didn't realize, even today, I was starting to get a little frustrated um, with the wife and, and the kids and stuff like that. It was mostly the wife. Um, but, uh, so I started, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go do my goat stuff. I'm going to go fucking clean out their shit and, like, 
put new hay in there, do this and that. And I do that once a week, right? On, it's usually Wednesdays. I just throw my phone in my pocket and I listen to country. I put on my fucking overalls, which I'm still wearing. And my cowboy hat, which is over there. Just Sorry about the smell. I, I don't think I told you, but I was waterproofing it. So it fucking stinks a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, just because I can wear a t-shirt in the rain. I don't really give a fuck. But if I can't see, you know, so the hat helps. Um, but I just sit there and it's like, it's just nice to sometimes have like a, like I'm still accomplishing something, right. like I'm still getting something done, but I don't even have to think about it. Like I'm scooping up hay. Like that's not something I need to be like, well, how's this hay supposed to be scooped? <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. Whatever picks it up off the ground, puts it in the bucket. Right? right. Like... I know how to do all that shit, and and I mean that's I think that's one of the main reasons I really want like a lot of animals, because I get that like peace going out there and like I know a lot of people don't want to like clean up after the animals. That is a huge part of having animals, cleaning up after them, feeding them, making sure they're taken care of. But I feel like that keeping my mind off of me and on to other things, my family. Um, the, the dudes at the gym, my friends, like, like uh, my animals, like knowing that I still have to do these things sometimes pulls my head out of my head. You know what I mean? And like, I can just get things done without sitting in my brain. Because I mean, I know that like, when I'm doing that goat stuff, I'm just listen to the music. Just doing the thing. There's nothing going on in my brain. People are like, just what are you thinking about while you're out there? Nothing. Yeah. It's real nice. That's what's <laughs> you know? nice about that hobby, man, is that you yeah. lose all the shit that's, like, stressing you out. And you, you just focus on the one thing that you're doing, the one thing at hand. Hobbies are fantastic, man. They're well, great. you know, I think that's why I've kind of, like, honestly, I feel like I'm, I'm losing the gym. I love the gym. I love being in there and all that other stuff. But I feel like I'm, I'm getting to the point where, like, it's going to sound fucking egotistical, but I'm good at it. I know what I'm doing. I know what I need to do. I know all that other stuff. So I can do it and think at the same time where I used to have to like really focus like like on my form, like on this, on like that. And, and I'm just not in that mode anymore where I'm like super focused on just the lifting. I'm more of just like, I mean, you've seen it this past year, I think. I've just been kind of like, I'll lift and then I'll sit. And just fucking stare at the weight and like, ugh. Or I'll pick up my phone and like, whatever. Right? Like, I mean, I'm getting stronger because I know how to. But I would I would be an absolute monster by now if I actually had the focus I did a couple of years ago. But, I don't know. I want to get back into the gym and do all of this stuff. That's why I'm like, oh, I want to fight. Dude, I haven't been to kickboxing gym like once or twice in, in the last month. That's not going to even get me a fight. I wouldn't let somebody who's been in the gym twice a month in a fucking ring. Like, I mean, they know that I know the basics and I know I could probably handle my shit in a, in a ring anyways, but I wouldn't intentionally put someone in there. I do want some bare knuckle shit though. There's just something about like fighting raw. You know what I mean? Like just fucking knuckles to brain. Who, who was the guy back in the day? Uh, Oh man, what what was his name? Big, I mean, he, dude was Butterbean. Nah, uh, was it Kimbo? 
Kimbo, goddamn. Yeah. yeah. What did Those he backyard get his, fights? And the shit? backyard brawl or whatever it was yeah. that he did. That uh, that was like that was old school. Yeah, but see that that also wasn't fair, because this dude was like he trained. He knew how to really box. He knew how to do all that other shit. And he's walking in on, like, dudes who are, like, like just street fighters. Like, had no formal training or nothing. And then they're surprised that Kimbo knocks them the fuck out. Well, yeah, he knows what the difference between a hook and an overhand right is, you know? Like, whereas this other guy is throwing overhand hooks, you know? Like, those weird fucking... Those weird ones or whatever. This guy doesn't know what he's fucking doing. He's been in enough fights to know how to hit someone in the face. Right. But Kimbo's actually got some real training. It's why you put him in the UFC. He gets knocked out by a douchebag with pink hair. You know what I mean? Who's right. also been training longer yeah. than Kimbo and had no business in the ring with him. Took it on last minute and knocked him the fuck out. Right. And that's a lot of steroids. I guess. <laughs> that dude was yoked, though, man. I just remember seeing him. He just... He... He was one of the guys that walked around and couldn't put his arms down, you know, his yeah. arms were, yeah, just, just. He, he, C.T. Fletcher reminds me a lot of how oh, I think yeah. Kimbo would be. Yeah. You will grow because I command you to grow. <laughs> all right. I command you to shut uh, the fuck up. Um, all right, so I like the idea of bringing Crystal in, especially if she, like, specializes in that stuff. Man, she, she could talk this shit a hundred times better than I ever could. That'd be know? really cool. I, I... Incredible knowledge, man. She she's uh, uh, yeah. This is her. her that's is right up her her alley. So. Yeah. So maybe not next week because, like I said, we're, we want to space a little bit of this out. Sure. But I wouldn't mind the week after. Okay. Like bringing her in and, and seeing what we could do, and um, you could come with her if you wanted or not. I know somebody's got to watch the kids. Yeah, she would probably come, and I'd stay home with the kids probably. Okay. If uh, if she was comfortable with that, I'll talk to her and find out. It would definitely probably make her feel a little more comfortable being able to speak. I don't know. That's oh, my sure, theory. Sure. Yeah. You know? And she, like, she listened to the Relationships Hard episode, too, so she might she might even have some uh, some awesome relationship advice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I've heard she's heard it a few times. Uh, maybe, I, maybe that's not a good idea to have her in the same house as my <laughs> no. wife without you here. Uh-oh. Might, um, might need a witness. <laughs> yeah. No, but that, that'd be good, because I have always really wanted to, like, to do our wives. That's how I was about to say that. <laughs> that was terrible. I have wanted to interview our wives, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, because those, the female in our life or the male or whatever you're doing, um, <laughs> it's a huge, it, huge impact on your entire life. I mean, their attitude, the way they handle life, the way they handle you, it is a very big deal. Right. Um, so I would like to maybe get your wife in here too. Uh, my wife, um, all that shit. Right. So. Let's do all that other stuff, and uh, yeah, I think this was good. You guys, yeah, yeah let's let's kind of yeah. chop it off real quick, like like uh, some foreskin. Um, anybody have a shout out? <laughs> no, no, I don't got one this week. No, dude, Atlanta Braves, man, I'm shouting them out, buddy. Oh, man. Won all the World right. Series. Fuck yeah. Six games, beat the Astros. Couldn't wish for a better series. Monster Atlanta Braves fan. Watched the whole, watched the thing. Watched them clinch it last night. Was pumped. Loved it. Huge shout out. Fuck the whole yeah. team deserved it, man. Cinderella story uh, in baseball. If there was ever was one, you know. So that's cool. Uh, under five hundred at the All Star break. Had no business even making the playoffs. What's that, man? 
they were they had a losing record at the halfway through the season. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Everybody, no nobody was even expecting them to be, and everybody was talking about every other team but the Braves. And uh, wow. uh, they went after it, man. Turned turned it around after the All Star break and kicked some serious ass. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, talk about grit, man. That team had grit. They they fucking put it together. So that's my shout out. All right. Well, uh, I'm gonna do uh, somebody who's been kind of making an impact on me uh, social media wise, which is uh, it's gonna be a little weird. But Ronaldo, the soccer player, I don't even know his first name. Cristiano, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> that sounds correct. Uh, but just I've just been watching a lot of his clips, a lot of just how he presents himself, how he treats himself and his teammates, and even his opponents. You know, like, he's calling to the ref, like, don't even worry about it. It wasn't a foul. Don't worry. We'll just keep going. You know, like, after being, like, very intentionally fouled. You know, he's like, no, 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 let's just keep the game going. You know, like, he's just, he's about the game. He's about what he's doing. He's about his family. He's about, like, all this other shit. Now, again, do I know him personally? No. This could all be a front. But to me, he looks like a good dude. And... I'm not, like, on his team versus Messi, right? Like, that's not what I'm doing here, if that makes any sense. Because I have seen Messi's, Messi's fucking phenomenal as well. You don't know what we're talking about, do you? I have no clue. Cool, cool. <laughs> uh, soccer. Good. Anyways, Good. but... I, I um, threw the baseball bit in there. You, you get soccer, man. Yeah, so, <laughs> anyways, uh, Ronaldo's just, just... I feel like he's just been doing it right for so fucking long, and he deserves what he's got so far. Um, yeah. All right. Good. Stupid ass question. You ready? Oh, let's do it. Here's a stupid ass question. All right. This is a would you rather. Okay. <laughs> would you rather? Who am I sleeping with? Come on. Who are you sleeping with? I don't know. You tell me. Would you rather do Bill Clinton? No, 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 no. This is this is an actual just kind of out there question, right? Um, would you rather every time you take a step have it feel like you're stepping on glass, or? Like you're stepping on hot coal. On the glass. Is it? Is am I getting cut through? Or yeah, like I'm like... talking like pointed up, <laughs> sharp ass glass, hey. or just like burning fucking feet. We did the fire walk. Yeah, we did two years ago. So I'll take the coals. You're gonna take the coals. We, take we the coals. ran like a motherfucker across those. <laughs> hey, things. I, well, I I walked. But did yeah, you? I, walked. I mean, me too. Yeah, yeah. I, I almost <laughs> crawled with my belly. Um, <laughs> What do you but think? I'll do the coals. Right? Coals? I think so. Yeah. That'd be hot. I yeah. I I think <laughs> I would go with the the hot coals as well. Yeah. I feel like uh, um, conversation for a different episode. But I had I had issues with my feet that were very painful. That felt like I was being more or less stabbed in the bottom of my feet. And uh, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I think I would go with the coals. Definitely go with the hot coals. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think just because we got prepared pretty well for that coal, for that fire walk, I think yeah. as long as I'm prepared the way I got prepared to walk across, I'll do it. When you see all these other, these other douchebags doing it, like I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I got a douchebag. I got a douche. Um, I didn't expect you guys to pick that, or at least one of you to pick something different. But uh, I would say fire too, yeah. and the only reason is because like I feel like it would be a a constant burn across your whole foot. Versus like, oh, like, like Legos, bro. Like, I don't know which one's stabbing me where. Yeah, Legos are a bitch. 
but I mean, glass would obviously be worse. <laughs> right, pointy right. glass, but uh, yeah, because you like some could go deeper than the others, yeah. and or all this other shit, and then yeah, I'd say fuego. Um, fire. Sorry. Uh, you can start my Mexicans coming out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. This is Tyler Toby Townsend. I'm Brandon Martin. All right. And we are the sexiest human beings you'll ever meet. That's why we do radio. Um, <laughs> podcast. Uh, so check out Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Um, yeah. These shirts should be up by, I want to say January. Um, we're, we're getting that going again. I just need a little bit more space. And uh, that'll be coming here soon. So, um, yeah. Thanks for listening. All right. Thank cool. you. Thank you.